All right, Samantha, if you have to write in a candidate for president of these United States, who would it be? Ooh, that's a tough question. Hmm. Well, you know, I have been listening to the Joe Rogan podcast mm-hmm. quite a bit lately, and I just heard the Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> interview, and he was pretty fantastic, I have to say. So I think it's a tie for me between Matthew McConaughey and Mike Rowe. All right. Those are two of the dudes that I would like to have a beer with for sure. Absolutely. Good choice. All right. I'm going with Rip. From Yellowstone, Ooh, a character. Controversial. Yeah, a little conscious. I mean, he's killed a few people. However, he's I got think. got a violent streak, Neil. When needed, he's loyal, okay? He is loyal. And he wants to protect that land, which is a good thing. He's, he's an environmentalist. He's a true environmentalist. He's got that whole cowboy code of ethics, which I think we could use in this country. What are you guys doing? The Landscapes and Pancakes Podcast. Wow. There are a gajillion aspects of the green industry. All right. I just want this podcast to be <laughs> real. Interesting. It's not always fun. What? But I think people go through this. I know. None of it makes sense. Seriously. We are the ones designing and we are the ones building. We respect each other. Respect. So you had a post the other day with our cottage, Stone Cottage Project. Okay. And you wrote about how much you enjoy the process. And that's something I wanted to talk about a little bit because I have a very different opinion of process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about how much you en- enjoy. Well, you you tell the people what you like. Oh, well, on that particular one, I loved the whole thing because it was a dream job. Um, it was agonizing, I guess, a little bit. Remember that job was in flux for it was a go and then, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> we were doing a job in New Bedford, and I got a call, and they were thinking about not doing it. All of a sudden, my heart was so set on this thing. Oh, that's Do right. Do you remember that? that? Barely, but yeah. Yeah, it was in flux, and then it was back on. Um, but you talked about you talked about enjoying the process of picking the stone yeah. and setting the stone and shaping yeah. the stone and analyzing the yes. stone. So I'm going back to the whole process, the agony of not knowing and I think probably a lot of our listeners, designers, can relate to this, where how many times do we design something, our heart gets so set on it, and it either gets whittled down or it doesn't get built. So that that's part of the process, which I'm just saying right now I don't enjoy <laughs> whatsoever. But the actual preparation for it, I do. I, I like even just organizing tools for a job and thinking about what needs to be brought to the job to build efficiently. I love that kind of foreshadowing. Um, and I think John Horahan talked about that. That's that's like management from in front, right? Always trying to figure out what you need, what might happen before it happens so you're ready in that moment. I definitely enjoy that. That's like that Boy Scout mentality, I guess. Um, but then when it comes to finding the stone, selecting the stone, analyzing the stone, that's the that's the best part. That is yeah, the best part. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about. You have said that when you are actually building mm-hmm. and you are in the process of the painstaking um, amount of time that it takes to mm-hmm. actually shape the stone and set the stone and analyze the stone, that that is something that that process of building is something that you seem to really enjoy. Yeah, I. That's almost sounds funny, but it's like a very calming experience when you, when you're working the stone and you're getting that perfect fit. 
I don't know, you just kind of go into a different zone in your mind and being, and you're very present, and nothing else really matters. It's, um, it's, it's meditative in a way. It's like you, you have your material, and you're creating your composition, and you just, you just lock in. Now, building something like that is tough to be in that zone when you're managing more people building it. Now, that cabin was mostly built just by myself, um, that was a labor of love. We got paid for it. Um, but I built that mostly on the weekends because I really had it in my mind that I had to look a certain way and I had to select every stone. And we didn't really have masons working for us at that point. Um, but yeah, that, that's the best part of stonework is just honing in on that, that area that you're working on that day. Yeah, well, I just, I just find it interesting because I feel like You've said it. I think some other people we've talked to have said it. Certainly our, you know, our yoga instructors always talk about the process. And I think it's all very kind of esoteric and <laughs> very, you know, hippie in a way. And I just want to, and it's, it's, that's all great. But I just want to put out there, because and even on Instagram, you see these posts of these business gurus talking about enjoy each moment of the process. Yeah, it's all bullshit. But I just want to say, think. I just want to put it out there that, it's okay if you don't enjoy the process. Yes. No, I don't enjoy it every day. Well, I know, but, you know, you kind of talk that way too. Um, and I just want to put it out there that it's okay if you don't enjoy the process. Because mm. I am a person <laughs> who well. does not enjoy the process. I enjoy coming back to the project and seeing the final result. Mm. I am much more... I think results orientated, whether that makes me right or wrong, a good or a bad person, I don't know. Well, well but well, nobody uh, ever talks about the fact that it's okay to be more result orientated. And I just wanted to put that out there yeah. because of your your beautifully written posts, <laughs> help from me, um, about how you do enjoy the process. Okay. I also just want to say it's okay if you don't enjoy the process. <laughs> yes. So well, I will say if you're doing stonework to the level that I'm trying to do it, if you don't enjoy it, you will be miserable. True. And there are days when I get up and I don't feel like doing what I have to do that day, even though it's work that I enjoy. I am not going to candy coat that, sugarcoat that. I mean, that that's just a part of life. Right. Um, you know, Instagram is always the sunny side of everything to a degree. Um. But speaking of which, our guest coming up, we talk about authenticity on Instagram, which I think is much more compelling. And they're very much process-oriented. Um, and um, they clearly love what they do. If they didn't, Kyle and Terry, can you imagine being at that quarry on a cold, windy day and splitting stone? No way, you'd be miserable. Sure. So sure. Um, I think for stonework, that's just my personal. Probably a finished carpenter is probably the exact same thing. Right. And maybe it's a difference in our crafts where mm. I am not as hands-on until it kind of just gets to the placement of the plants. I am more design-orientated from the beginning. And it's not to say I don't love what I do, but I certainly don't love the process of it. I yeah, just I don't. Can't, yeah, I can't <laughs> picture you being out in the field 10 hours a day. Right. Doing what you do. And it, it's interesting, too, in the process of stonework, because if you do something that takes a week, I'll often get into it and then say midway through that first day, I 
always at this point where I'm like, we're not going to get this done. We're going to be here for two weeks. And then you kind of. I know. How many times have we had those conversations? Yeah, <laughs> I do it on everything. And then you like push to a certain point and then you build a little momentum. You're like, okay, I can see this through. It's very psychologically. And it's, it's just an odd, it's an odd experience continually. Right. But no, I, I can see that. I just, you know, you have that post and I thought it was interesting because, uh, Again, I've seen so many people talk about how wonderful the process is. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, if you don't feel that way, that's okay. Yes. <laughs> you can still love what you do and love certain parts of it and be goal-orientated in a different way. And that's okay. You know, it's funny. It reminds me of a post I saw this morning. It was some motivational thing, something about investors on Instagram. And it had a picture of Shaquille O'Neal. and Some quote that he said about... You know, I don't, I don't go out there and try to make money. I just go, go out there and try to focus on having fun, doing my thing. And I'm like, dude, you're Shaquille O'Neal. You've made your money. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't need to focus on what, anything. I, the, the, <laughs> the content's a little, I don't know, suspect. Right, right. So, Well, you've already alluded to it, but we are pretty excited to talk to Kyle and Terry. We're from damn excited. Rockport Cut Granite. And again, if, if ever there were two people that were into the process of yeah. what they do, it's these two guys. So let's uh, go ahead and get them on. Let's do it. Well, 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 we are here with the dynamic duo, the father and son team. Now, anybody on Instagram that follows anything related to Stone knows these two gentlemen that I'm staring at right now. On Instagram, it's Rockport Cut Granite. It's Terry and Kyle Dutton. Guys, I am so excited that we finally have you on the podcast. How are you? We're glad to be We're here. Fine. Awesome. I got to say, I put a little teaser out a couple weeks ago on stories about you guys coming on. And then all yeah. of a sudden, bing, 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 <laughs> bing. The DMs started coming in. People love you guys. I mean, you guys, you guys move the bar. Um, so kudos to you for that. There was a lot of excitement, the, the fact that we were going to have you on the podcast. So I'm excited. Let's do this. Okay. Well, I have the first question. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Terry, this is very Go important. Yep. Very important. You have a t-shirt that says, remember when I asked your opinion? <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> so first of all, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Is that how you live your life? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at this particular point, yes. more so than I used to, yes. You've earned it, right? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you get to a certain point where you don't have to be that concerned about whether you impress people anymore. Right, <laughs> right. And you know you're right, so <laughs> there's there you that. Go. <laughs> That's you always know, a bonus. I, I, I kind of joke with some of the younger kids sometimes because once you get to the point where you have the confidence in yourself, that you don't have to worry about somebody, I, I don't want to say demeaning you, but criticizing or, or anything, you know, you get to that point where it just, it's not that it doesn't bother you. It's just that it, it's kind of sad to see people with that little self-confidence. Yeah. You know, in today's world too, all that stuff's going to come even when, it, when it's unwarranted. 
So yeah. it's, it's, it's a whole new world with the social media and people commenting on things they don't even understand half the time, the message you're trying to get oh, across. We can, so we can certainly relate yeah, to that. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Every day, you know? Yeah, so it's, it is nice <laughs> yeah. to let that crap roll off your back, you know, for sure. We try as best we, we can. We try. It's really, really hard sometimes when you get a comment from a person that you obviously know has never done anything that resembles what we do. Mm. And yet they want to appear to know everything about it. Mm. Yeah. And, that's out and there. Uh, it, it's, it, you know, you, you get that fire burning inside you. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to rope them into a quarry day or something like yeah, that. I know. If can, but I know going back to uh, his shirts, it's actually, yeah, it's become something that, as kind of its own little thing on Instagram, people look forward to him. And nice. some of my favorite times would be him wearing one of those to the job site for an estimate to, uh, <laughs> to meet a new client. And like anything, so, so many of them get a genuine kick out of it. And if they didn't, that would kind of be our first, you know, maybe not a red flag, but certainly a yellow one. I, go. Had, right. I had one shirt that, that sadly, I used to wear it a lot when I went out and did estimates. And the front of the shirt said, do you know what your problem is? You're stupid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're an old school mason from the North Shore of Boston. So you know what? I think that yeah. works, man. You got to know this area to really be able to appreciate that. That's yeah. perfect. So let's talk a little bit because not everybody, not all of our listeners do know who you guys are and what mm -hmm. it is that you do. So let's just talk a little bit about what you do. Now, we know you mostly from the work that you do within the quarry. Um, right. So, right. but I also know that you guys actually are, are masons too. So how does that all come together? Boy, are you ready? This is a mm -hmm. kind of a, a drawn out thing. Well, do it up. Um, do it. Let's okay. go. I, I have used this many, many times. When I was very, very little, and this does not have a lot of relation to what actually happened but they were they were installing curbstones in the house across the street from my mother's house my mother and father's house and i watched a guy drill the hole by hand and he took the powder the the powder that you make from drilling out of the hole with what looked like a popsicle stick so that they could split the stone to fit the piece of curbing in okay fast forward uh, you know 20 20 years. Mm. Uh, when I got out of the army in 1969, uh, I worked uh, a couple small jobs for a while and then was lucky enough to have taken the test for the fire department and became a full-time firefighter for the city of Gloucester. Mm. And that's really, believe it or not, that's where the masonry started because we had a lot that needed to be filled in with a wall to level the yard off. And I started going to Johnson's Quarry back then, taking stone out of what we call the grout pile and meeting the owner at the time, who was Carl Pearson, uh, who was the original owner's son-in-law okay. and, oh. and developed a relationship with him. It took about a year and a half to get the stone from the quarry that I needed for the wall because I really didn't know that much at the time. Joining uh, it with his thumb. Yeah. <laughs> you wear the thumb out every couple of days. It's really difficult. Um, so so it, the wall that I first did, the, the very first wall that I did is certainly nowhere near 
<laughs> the quality that we're able to do today. Hmm. But a couple people saw it. They liked the work. We ended up doing some small walls for them. And then it morphed more and more into the masonry, um, which over a, a large period of time developed more into the granite work than mm -hmm. the, the straight masonry because fortunately, I guess, I really, really, really love doing the granite work. Yep. Uh, but when it gets to the quarrying part that Kyle and I do, this really didn't develop until 2009 when we were awarded the contract for all the granite work at the granite savings bank in rockport huh. and we quarried the material at two different quarries and we did the installation for the the bank now when you and say well, i don't mean to interrupt you but when you say we who is we that quarried that initial stone? myself kyle and my daughter aaron yep wow because okay. she does my stone work as aaron well right works with us from time yeah. from okay. time to time um and what happened was some of the other masons that do granite work saw the material that we had quarried for the bank and they said could you possibly get us some of that material anytime we have a granite job mm. and we said sure mm. and that's where the quarrying part of it really started was from doing the that particular bank in rockport and and people seeing the quality material that we were able to provide mm -hmm. for that job they wanted it themselves and it has you know, because of the Instagram thing, there's no doubt in my mind, the last few years, this has morphed into uh, much more than we ever could have expected uh, in relation to supplying material. Mm. Um, Mostly just a feel good thing. Yeah. And then customers came out of it. And that was, yeah. a, you know, we didn't foresee that to happen. It's a good problem to have, but still a problem yeah sometimes. so we're definitely we're definitely going to talk more about the whole instagram and social media yep. part yeah. of it but yeah. what we're also sort of interested is learning more about the quarry itself mm -hmm. so okay. the quarry so johnson's quarry specifically that is located in rockport mass yes yep. it is okay yep. um and and you quarry cape and granite is that yes. correct yeah so we like we like well, i'm going to step back one second we yeah. like to refer to it as rockport granite because there's many, many, many quarries on Cape Ann. Mm. Oh, okay. And almost every quarry is is discerned by the different colors to the stone. My, minute differences. Bayview, which is in Gloucester, the stone is, has a very, very greenish tint to it. And that's okay. only about 10 miles in a straight line right. from Rockport. And, and in Rockport, two or three of the quarries have almost exactly the same color gray but the browns will be a little different color. Okay. Excellent. So, I'm glad you Yeah, it, that. it and and back then when they first started quarrying, they actually quarried along the shoreline too. You can find places next mm -hmm. to the shore where they quarried layers off of that area, no different than they would do at a quarry. Huh. So, uh, it wasn't just the quarries themselves. They actually quarried down by the water at times. Mm. Yeah. So within the radius then of Johnson's quarry for the Rockport mm -hmm. Granite, how many other quarries would you say that there are? There are probably twenty to twenty-five different quarries. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah on, around this area. on Cape Ann. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Wow. All of them are shuttered, <laughs> with the exception of Johnson's. You know, and 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 the other thing is, you not only have quarries. Mm but you have what we call motions 
a motion would be a very, very small, sometimes a two-man operation that they would work at during the winter when the main quarry would be shut down mm -hmm. because of the weather. They would go to their own little spot and they would actually quarry paving blocks during the winter, wow. put them aside and sell them in the spring. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So Kyle, though, well, because, you were, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the main quarry would be shut down during the winter mm -hmm. because stone doesn't split as easily during the winter. Not just the snow and the, you know the weather itself. The stone also doesn't split as easily during the winter as it mm. does in the summer. So you're you're more able to split the bigger material in the warmer it's, weather. It's, Is that why they were doing the the, the paving no, blocks? No, it, it's not a question of the size of the material, okay. but but I guess the best way to phrase it. Is a piece that we would cut during the summer that we might need five holes. Mm -hmm. We would have to put seven in during the winter to get a comparatively okay. neat split. Yeah. I've unfortunately had to do quite a bit of masonry in the winter. Yeah, these last few years, I say unfortunately, it's it's you know it's tough. It's, it's, yeah, I know, I know. You know when you're Anti in hydro, the, all kinds of yeah. Yeah, when yep. you're in the elements and you're heating and it's just. You know, it's yep. twice the amount of work for half the output, really. Mm -hmm. um, but I have noticed that the stone shapes differently with my carbide hammers and chisels, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, right. So that's, I'm kind of glad you cleared that up. It wasn't just my imagination playing tricks <laughs> on me. <laughs> no, not at all. It also, it also splits easier, much easier, if it has never been exposed to the sun. Huh. Oh, why A is that? A piece that's been outside laying in the sun for 50 years does not split as nicely or as easily as a piece that we just quarried. Huh. Do you know why that is? Uh, I, I say it's the effect of, of the sun, but I also feel that there's a little bit, people don't believe that there's moisture in stone, mm. but there is. Oh, there sure. is, you know, there absolutely is. Uh, right. If there was no moisture in the stone, then every piece of stone would be exactly the same color. Right. But our layers, top and bottom, are always brown from water that has run through millions, millions, millions of years. And sometimes that brown can extend in six or eight inches, mm. which means the effect of the water and the iron in the water becoming rust has discolored the stone that deep. So that means the water has gotten in there that deep over that many years. So a piece that we just quarry tends to be, let's call it pristine. Mm -hmm much easier to work with. Mm -hmm. we're, we're absolutely amazed sometimes when we pull stuff out of what we call the grout pile to see some of the splits that they were able to do because of the quality of the material that they had back then. Interesting. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, you can see that in some of your stone, you'll see an inch or two inch of uh, consistent of color along yeah. one side. Yeah. 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 Is it yeah. called the grout pile? I'm interested in that because that stone is put in with a mortar bed to make up some of the I know what you think or, you're right right uh, you know grout, <laughs> grout is mortar yeah but no that's a term that they use I don't know whether it's specific to Rockport I've, I've never really heard it in any mm. other areas and we get a lot of questions on yeah. Instagram you know what's a grout pile or you know it's basically your waste pile it's the material they threw away back then right. okay but for some reason they called it grout they always called it grout right. in Rockport and if, you know, it's like everything is the age of spin. 
And if you call them discards, it sounds so much, you know, it's not, not as romantic or, yeah. No, yeah, you know, it's not environmentally down. conscious, man. I know, you'll get all right. sorts of comments. Come on, bro. How come you're wasting yeah. this stone? So you get that, you get the grout questioned a lot. Did a lot yes. of people right. ask who Derek is? That they must- have asked who Derek is. And the, <laughs> probably the biggest um, question that we probably like to see because it denotes some kind of critical thinking is um, explain how the bottom splits. You know, everyone right. will see us drive wedges in from the top and they always uh, wonder how the bottom releases. And uh, I like that question because it means they're thinking. Because, right. um, you know, if you don't understand how the formation solidified, it doesn't make too much sense. Um, luckily, it all formed like a sheet cake when the granite solidified, I think 400 some odd million years ago. So when you have enough overpressure from the top, the bottom will slide. But that's like our, our good doobie question that we like to see from people. <laughs> They're interacting they on an intellectual level, right? Those, like are those, yeah, those are the good kind of engagements. But there's also, and we've seen this in the quarry from time to time, sometimes you will split material off of a layer. You, you know, you'll take maybe 30 or 40 or 50 tons of material off of a layer. And by next spring, mm-hmm. you will actually see a separation from the next layer down. It's almost like once that wow. pressure has been released, it has the, the water getting in there during the winter, freezing and whatever, has the ability to lift that layer ever so slightly. Amazing. Wow. wow. But yeah. wait, I, I need to go back because I need to know who Derek is. It's their lo- it's his long lost brother. I know, but we can't leave <laughs> can't people who wondering is. who's Derek. Okay. It's the son he never Derek talks has about. A, Derek has a partner called the bull wheel. Yeah. <laughs> she really doesn't know Help what you're talking me. about. Guys. Help me. <laughs> I have a brother named Derek. I don't think you're talking about him. Not that Derek. Not that Derek. Right. So the, the, the Derek's are the iconic structures that you see in the skyline of our photos and videos. Uh, there's one. It's really neat because this quarry has not only just two of the last standing antique Derek's, it has one of each. It has a wooden uh, one, which is presumably made from some gigantic piece of Douglas fir taken from wherever that would actually grow. Right. Uh, shaped by a ship's mast maker and popped into basically a, um, a collar that would have been cast by a bell foundry, you know, all back in early 1900s manpower and time. So your Derek was the main structure yep. vertically that also held a horizontal arm yep. with cables coming from the top of the main structure to the ex- uh, to the very, very outside of the arm. Yep. And this is what actually lifted the pieces out of the quarry. Mm. The wow. derrick, the, the arm on the bottom, it, when I say bow wheel, the bow wheel had the ability to go in a complete circle. Okay. So it could pick a piece up and then spin all the way around somewhat like an excavator can do today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So they would pick the pieces up and then put them wherever they wanted to. Now at Johnson's quarry, originally there were either five or six derricks set up Mm -hmm. because they had to overlap. Their loading area was at one end, which meant that every piece had to be picked up, passed to the next derrick, passed to the final derrick and then lift it up. Mm-hmm. And the way they used to, there were two different ways they used to lift material after they took it out. You've seen how an ice tong works. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you okay, same idea. Okay, they no more than than uh, what looked like a giant ice tong. Okay, uh-huh. and what they would do is they would drill very very small holes at the top of the piece that they wanted to remove, and the points of the ice tongs, so to speak, yeah. would go in there, and that's what would lift the stone. Yeah, the chain basically chokes between them, so as the so, chain is pulled tight, they mm-hmm. choke inward and. Like Dad said, like big old ice tongs. And the other option was they used to have a pin. You'd have to drill a deep a hole. It used to be called a Lewis pin. pin. And the pin would go in, and on the outside of the pin, there would be a round area to put the chain on. And that was the other option for picking them out. This was all in a time that predated engineering. Uh, They often had no idea what the Derricks would pick up. Yeah, um, <laughs> they had to know, test them out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and uh, that that was something, and you got to give yeah. them credit because they were brave back then. They would just pick up blocks to see if it would pick it up. Yeah, and men were men, man. <laughs> I can failure. picture, I can picture someone be like, "Whoo, Joe, it worked today." Yeah, <laughs> oh, thank God. It, it, um, you know, it. So you hate to say it, you, you're back in in a time where they didn't have hard hats. They they you know they're working down in. God knows what, yep. you know, a, a one pound rock when it falls 150 feet really, really hurts. Right. Uh, right. You know, I mean, it was, and, and the blasting, they were always getting hurt from the blasting because the blasting was an, an incomplete thing. Yeah, people um, were probably still smoking cigarettes. Yeah, and I know. Running around with black powder. <laughs> and, I mean, these are some, these are some badass guys, but. Yeah, I know, I know. And let me put it this way. You know, we live in Lanesville. You know, mm. Gloucester is a town with, let's say, 30,000 people. Mm. Lanesville had its own jail. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Friday nights and Saturday nights, the finished stone, the finished stone workers just got totally out of control. Yep. <laughs> so, sounds Lanesville, like it would have been like working on the railroads back in the West almost, you know? <laughs> now, you know, those holes that you're talking about, though, you'll see those sometimes in, yes. in buildings yeah. on yeah. bigger pieces of granite. Uh, yeah, sometimes you'll see them on a bigger piece, but don't, don't, uh, mistake them for the holes that we use to split, which you only see like half of a, right. You'll see the half, you know, those holes that we split are two and a half to three and a half inches long, but what we call the dogging holes, because those used to be called dogging chains. Okay. That hole would be a little bit bigger, maybe an inch and a quarter to an inch and a half in diameter okay. and only go into the stone about an inch. Very, very, yeah, not okay. very far at all. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make you proud. So I came up with this whole system. <laughs> I had seen these, these historic pictures of yeah. these types of mechanisms, yeah. uh, mostly in fields where they were lifting big stone and putting it on the right. perimeter driven by mules. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, it got me thinking, I, I, I searched on the internet, this is pre-Instagram and YouTube and all the stuff, trying to find something that I could do that. Wow, with, you must be old. With I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> with granite, because we were using, you know, some salvaged granite to do different curbing and right. bed edges and things of that nature. Um, and then I didn't want to strap them because it takes so much extra time to get the strap yep. out and deal with that. Yep. So yep. I bought timber tongs. Right. And right. I drill the hole on two sides, but I drill it vertically just so much where right. the timber, t- I wouldn't suggest this. Yep. This is not OSHA approved, but I haven't right. done yeah. it. Make sure we all stay legal lifting. I know, technique. and it swivels and it we moves around totally use- <laughs> and it, and it yeah. works, man. Should we be saying this? No, probably not. 
<laughs> it's all out there, though. There's there's uh, there's video evidence somewhere. So whatever. Well, I mean, you know, anytime that you're, uh, you know, I do like my research for my hoisting license and stuff, and you know, we all are supposed to have our slings with tags on them and all that stuff. That even the teacher's rolling his eyes yeah. when he goes over it. But yeah. Um, you mean like when we're at the quarry and we have to do something really bad and I turn to Kyle and I go, is anybody watching? <laughs> turn the video off. Yeah. How old is Johnson's quarry? How long has it been open? Um, the, right around 1900. I think the building is commemorated with 1908. Yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. the story of the rabbit hunt, which is this apocryphal story of the owner uh, the original owner, Jay Leonard Johnson, stubbed his toe on an outcropping of granite while hunting for a rabbit. And that was supposed, it was a very Jed Clampett genesis yeah. of the quarry. And he said, my God, look at this stone. This is, this, this is quarryable material. Yep. Millions of dollars down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it, is it typical for a quarry to be open this long? Cause I know Kyle, you were saying that the other quarries around you were defunct. Well, or... open, so open is also a funny, it's yeah. an asterisk. Cause what we do, we are on the periphery of the mining and quarrying industry. Um, we've been visited by mine safety and right. been told everything to do to be compliant. But for what we do, we don't actually need a mining permit or a quarrying we, permit. We cannot enlarge the quarry. Okay. So if you picture the area that the water is in, we can't go down and enlarge that area. So we strictly work on the ledges around the side or take material out of the grout pile that we want to split which is okay. funny because you could cut the ledges down to water level about as far as the property goes right. and that technically isn't enlarging the it footprint, isn't enlarging the footprint as of long the as you're not messing yeah. with any of the uh water so stuff. we're talking elevation wise now how yeah. deep yeah. does that go right. yeah how deep yeah. is that hole 180 yeah. feet in the far corner yeah. um some places you actually can see you know, stone right under the water. Yep. And uh, there's one of the spots that we usually bring people probably all of what, five or six feet under the water where right. they have the stone all channel cut and ready to go in shelves. And uh, we've been waiting for some kind of giant stopper to pop in the bottom of the quarry <laughs> so that we can get down there and cut it all out. The um, Donnie Johnson, which, and here again, this kind of, let me just quickly go back. You had Leonard Johnson, um, yeah, the original for Cal Pearson took over the quarry when Leonard died. Cal sold the quarry to the Providence Granite Company at one time. Okay. The Providence Granite Company in turn sold it back to Donnie Johnson, who is no relation to the original Johnson or and, or Miami Vice Don Johnson. Yeah, it's a totally exactly. different. We're and, talking different people. Right. And one of the tenants <laughs> was named Al Johnson. Music. And here again, yeah. absolutely no relation whatsoever yeah, third, okay third johnson you know you, you sit there and and you know the whole thing kind of stumbles on down and and it gets kind of funny in, in that sense but donnie johnson at one time had a hydrologist come up there and the hydrologist measured it and there's about a hundred thousand gallons a week that goes out the the other end of the quarry into wow. the swamp mm. that because the well, quarry is spring, spring fed. Yeah, spring fed. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Once you get down to a certain point, you know, this is the funny thing when, when you talk about it. They're down, let's say, 180 to, let's say, 200 feet with this, and, and they hit natural springs down there. Mm -hmm. The people just did a, a site 
a quarter of a mile away on the access road coming in. They went down 800 feet before they got water. Wow. So, I mean, this is, this is how funny it is anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Amazing. You don't know what you're going to find when you dig. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, they said Absolutely. the stone was really hard, good yeah. stone all the way down too, right? Yeah. Until they hit the aquifer. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. You know, it's a, there was talk in the, in the early days of the possibility of exhausting the supply of Cape Ann granite. And then yeah. they realized within a few years that that was not going to happen. Giant mountain of granite over here. So. <laughs> So, Kyle, when did you get involved in the business? Did you start oh. working with your dad as part of the masonry company, or did you come in at the point where yep. he was starting to quarry? Yeah, because the, the stone cutting, the genesis of that was once I had already been working with him, and I had done it off and on. One of my earliest memories, I love telling this story, was, um, you know, like any 14-year-old, I think it was before, I think it was even younger than that because I didn't have my work permit yet, but, you know, pestering him. Uh, let him take me to work or come on, you know, I forget. I was a bored kid. And uh, he took me to the quarry. We met up, we went to the house. Donnie came out. I think he pulled a couple of uh, big pieces of grout into the road with his backhoe that we were going to split up. And I was so miserable and unhelpful. That <laughs> it took me home at lunch. Um, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. No, no, it was it not. Fun? I don't know what I expected. I was a relatively soft kid who played video games and, you know, I wasn't too physical. I don't think, I think I was the kid that would be walking that one lap they'd make you do in, in phys ed. Too much Zelda. And, uh, and uh, you know, and then of course, when he's like, you know, you clearly don't want to be here. You're going, we're going home, you know, then like any good kid, then you really start to throw a tantrum. But uh, fast forward a couple of years, you know, had worked at the local grocery store and it, I think really was, became like in between college, you know, you come back for the summer and uh, we would, do uh you know be working with him on site and then like he said the bank job was when we started to realize that there might be more opportunity for us to sell stone to people which kind of coincided with um you know i had a few health issues in my 20s and that took me away from school for a while and then ended up realizing that this was as good of a path really as any um that i was currently on and you know basically for the past uh really the past four years we've really been doing this together well, that's, um, that's amazing and i i think we would love to hear more about what it's like to work father and son together because i certainly know working as a husband and <laughs> wife together is not easy and i can imagine that you guys you must have the same kind of struggles in a way or maybe it's oh, perfect absolutely. <laughs> um you know it's that thing and, and i'm sure dad feels the same way you know it's really rewarding when you hear people you know, they'll be like, oh, you guys get along so great. <laughs> you know, it's all, all laughs and smiles. And I mean, 100%, you know, it's like, I love doing this. I love doing it with that. But that's not to say that we don't annoy the hell out of each other from time to time or get under each other's nerves or anything like that. Um, but generally speaking, it's like there's, you know, you, any boss or any employee can get under your skin you know, and it's the rewards part, sharing it with him. Like just the other day, um, we went to the thing for the Cape Ann Museum and, and they put us on a plaque that we didn't even know about. And they that, did yeah. this, you know, they brought us there and they did this unveiling and that in combined with the Instagram and the, the memories, the videos, the things we've set, the stones we've cut, um, that 
is tremendously validating and something that I'm extremely grateful for that we get to share together. It, yeah. It's, um, you know, part of it too, to a certain extent is for, for both of us, you only get out of it what you put into it. Damn so straight. I love that. that it, it makes a big difference. You know, I mean, you know, one of the kids that lives in the house is working with us a little bit from time to time right now. And while he will do anything that we ask him to do, it's like you have to constantly reply to, you know, should I cut this side of the stone? What should I do with this? You know what I mean? When it's just Kyle and I, we don't have to do that. You know, yeah. we could we could both work all day and not talk to each other because we both know what we want to accomplish and how we want nice. to get there. Yeah, yeah. it's an um, unspoken language. I, I would. Well, yeah, it yeah, it, yeah, that's exactly yeah. that, and that is in yeah. no means yeah. meant to be yeah. a bash to our employees. No, 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 no. What he's talking I, I about it, is exactly right. Him and I know what the other one's going to need right. two steps before right. we need it. You know, and there's yeah. times that you'll turn around and there's a handout right. with the tape right. measure or the drill or something. Right. I'll look at a stone sometimes that Kyle will be cutting, and I and I'll say, well my next cut would be in this direction. Mm. And when I turn around, that's what happens. Right, you nice. know, I haven't said anything, but that's where, that's the direction that he'll go in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love all that, but I'm not going to quite let you get away with that's, that answer right. because <laughs> I want to know what the hardest part is. I want to know what you guys struggle with as family working together. Tell us about your yeah, worst I think, days. I think like <laughs> anything, it's, we're two different people with very similar passion. Right. And I think like in any way, there's always certain differences, you know, it's like, there's no one that works harder than this guy. Uh, and trying to, he, he at five foot 10 still cast a very tall shadow. I used to be six feet. Yeah. <laughs> you look a lot bigger now. than five ten uh, on Instagram for some reason. I pictured you like six four. I don't know why. Oh no. <laughs> it's because no, of what you we do. Don't know, we don't know. There's hormones yeah. in the yeah. milk or yeah, something. You know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's really, really, really hard to, um, to sit there and say, you know, what area I would say probably the biggest area that we've probably disagreed on in the last, let's say, period of time has nothing to do with the work, but it has to do with the finances. Yes. What I mean by that is, I grew up in a time frame where I looked at a job, I shook somebody's mm -hmm. hand, yeah, and I did seriously hundred thousand dollar masonry jobs on a handshake. Right back in you, you know, can't 80s do and 90s. that today. No. You can't do it. And and Kyle was constantly on me about Dad. We need to get deposits for some of this stuff. We need to handle this a little bit differently. And he's right. It's it's not the same environment that it was. 30 or 40 years mm. ago. Mm. It's, it's sad in many, many yep. respects. I, I, mean, I love, you know, when that old system, you know, like a you know, business on a handshake and uh, integrity, you know, is, I, is good, but in a more modern world, as we go forward, you just realize that you just, unfortunately you have to cover your own butt whenever you can all the time. Yeah. Um, charge enough, you know, yeah. for what you do. Um, and very often if you're, if you are being fair to yourself, it sounds to other people like you're asking for too much. I worked for many, many, many different contractors over many, many years doing the masonry 
and probably went 30, 40 years, never with a signed contract. Wow. My, my <laughs> word, wow. you know, the, the contractors that I worked with knew that my word was absolute. Yeah. Um, I mean, these are, it, these are contractors right. that still get Christmas cards. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, you know? They've been good but, to us. But you, you just, you can't do that today. Right. It's very, very sad. It, it really is. Right. That, it really is. That also, but going back real quick, the one thing I can definitely, uh, I can bite the bullet on, Samantha, is uh, Tara was the only daughter that was ever on time to anything. That's <laughs> probably the big thing he probably gets frustrated with me for. Is, uh, only one of his daughters was, was ever on time yeah, for anything. Yeah. The rest are just, uh, they, they never owned clocks or watches, so, you know. Well, I see Kyle, Kyle goes out to breakfast a lot, I've noticed. Do you, I, I, Kyle goes out to breakfast a lot, I noticed. Uh, so maybe it, it could be the wait staff is holding him yeah. back. You can't predict these things. <laughs> well, that's uh, me and, uh, what is it, uh, JW from JW Landscape. He's always posting delicious food. So is that the guy me, from uh, uh, New Hampshire? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. I we, we no, he's a really a nice guy. Yeah. He, yeah, he cracks me up because he'll he'll instant or uh, he'll direct message me with uh, pictures of scallops and stuff or <laughs> yeah. whatever he's eating. Actually, he's kind of he's kind of pissing me off lately because he keeps DMing me pictures of his vacations. See, on the <laughs> boat and on the lake and this and that, and I'm like, dude, you're killing me. Right here. What's going on? Vicariously through him. <laughs> but Kyle, you said something that I loved earlier on, and I just feel like it bears worth saying again, so that. Neil and I can have our little personal therapy session that we tend to have after these. Help <laughs> us, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, yeah. these podcasts. But when I was, you know, talking about your personalities, I love how you said that you're both um, very different people who are mm-hmm. passionate about the same thing. Yes. And that Kinda really me. Yeah. struck me hard about, A, what does make a, a successful partnership, mm-hmm. what does make a partnership hard, and, mm-hmm. um, and Neil, I think that's part of our problem. We were just talking about, we were literally <laughs> just talking about this problem. today. That's yep. part of our own problem. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing with us is we kind of run almost two different businesses within the business. So mm-hmm. that communication is, you know, people ask a lot, like, what's it work like working with your wife and vice versa? And we always say we never see each other. So <laughs> I don't know what it's like working. It's, but that yeah, communication yeah. is is interesting, man. It's got to be on top of it because you can let something slip like that mm. um and you know too so some something i always wonder and i don't know if you guys have thought about this yet but for people who are in family businesses i always kind of wonder well what comes next have you guys thought of any succession plan is there kyle do you plan to keep doing this after your dad so decides he wants a vacation everything, <laughs> everything is really hinges on the wishes of the property owner right, right. Uh, okay. we do not own johnson's right. and we did not own the other small quarry that we cut at we rented the ability to cut oh, okay. and the people that allowed us to do so understood the importance of what we do at least how we perceive it in terms of trying to keep a heritage going right. trying to continue the supply chain around here so that contractors can keep doing work with this stone um but at the end of the day you're only we're only guests and mm. if it, you know, if down the road 20 years from now, if that opportunity is still there, um, I'm sure that our customers will still be looking for the stone. The opportunities will all be there. Um, but I always do have a backup plan, uh, especially in equipment operation. Mm-hmm. Um, as just something to fall back on in case, you know, should the property owner 
decide they want to sell or just end what's going on up there you know we just have to be grateful for our time up there and, and just plan accordingly okay. and uh for me that would hopefully be running the shovel or something for someone because that's certainly something as a as a big eight-year-old at heart that has never gotten old <laughs> no, no matter how long i sit in the seat and dig dirt it still is fun cool so that's that's actually uh, that's just very interesting to me because it's kind of like you guys are putting your heart and your soul into what you do right now and mm -hmm. unlike a lot of businesses where they have control of when they say they're done and they're going to yeah. stop, you guys are really, despite all your effort and all your blood, sweat, and tears, you're really still at the mercy of somebody yes. else. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 And yeah. she, she's been great to us. Yep. You know, I, we can't, we can't argue with that. Um, you know, the owner who was Donnie Johnson's daughter after Donnie passed away, she took, she took over the property. Um, and she, to be totally honest, has said many, many times she loves the idea that stone is still quarried yes. on her property. Yep. Um, but you, you always worry about the financial part of it. Right. Yeah. She, she derives most of her income from a cell tower on the property. Yes. Oh, wow. um, okay. So, you know, hopefully as long as the cell tower business stays good and she gets the income <laughs> that she needs, yep. what we give her and what uh, or there's a landscaper that stores his firewood up there and the, the kids that live in the house pay rent. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, if she gets what she needs, so to speak, then we're there for a long period of time. Right. Yes. You know, and we, we keep, you but, know, kind of a check on the property but, for her. But. but yeah, do you think about it from time to time? Yes. Yeah, daily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only once a day, yeah. maybe twice. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Wake up in a cold sweat. Yeah. Only a coffee and lunch. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. Not, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's all very interesting. I was curious too. Do you guys, so the the people that are coming to you to get the stone, are you working? Are you getting requests mostly from builders and masons, or do you work with designers as well? Do designers come primarily to you? it's the builders and masons. It's right. the guys that right. lay the stone, um, and we appreciate that because it makes it feel like you know they prefer us for our quality, uh, the ease of building with our stone, and the hand split difference. Everything about about that. Um, we do certainly entertain uh, the intrepid homeowner, um, but like anything, you find that it's the professionals that know what they're asking for, uh, a little bit more educated in price points, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to just a homeowner, if they have no idea what stone and stonework costs, right. it can certainly right. be sticker right. shock. Right. It's going to come right. off as yeah. dreadfully expensive to them, right. but right. for right. a contractor who's, you know, used to what materials costs and charges an appropriate amount and that's always kind of the asterisk right. uh, if a contractor is charging appropriately then the materials is a very appropriate fraction of that total job cost mm -hmm. the the instagram uh customer is much better versed yes at at what things actually cost and what they would expect to pay we should um, tell them we even got rid of our GoDaddy account. yeah we had a website yeah. uh just you know rockport cut granite yeah and we would get all kinds of requests from for, homeowners for price checks uh, on things like what that, you'd see swenson granite having right like stuff we don't do countertops black right. granite yeah, woodbury you granite know, you know somebody that just sent something to the website because they're looking to get a price they didn't even look at the website to see what we actually do right yeah and we yeah. tell people if like yeah. the hand split stuff doesn't mean anything to you when we're not going to be your first choice because we're not going to be what right. else is there right. cost right right and right. Uh, we're not we're, we're never trying to be the cheapest we're trying to be the boutique um 
you know, with it's just, everything is also, you know, you're not just selling a product, you're selling a story. Yes. And especially with the mm-hmm. 200 years of this story, yeah. it's really important to us. That's pretty cool because you have the whole lineage behind what you're doing and mm-hmm. you guys are in fact educating your buyers. So on Instagram, mm-hmm. you are educating your potential buyers as to what goes in the effort, the thought process, yep. the yep. tools, everything that goes into what you're doing. So I can see, obviously, that works very well for you. We, we try hard with some of the videos that we do to explain not only our process, but also to um, explain to them that some of the things that they hear Mm-hmm. aren't necessarily correct right and but we we also try to make sure they understand first and foremost we only split rockport granite yeah. we don't split bluestone we don't split sandstone we don't split you know other types of stone and and the process for different material is slightly different but the process for granite mm-hmm. absolute granite is pretty much the same all over the world okay it might look a little bit different but it's the same idea Hmm. and and i i think you know it's very very upsetting sometimes when we see some you know some of the videos that you'll see on youtube um i know it sounds crummy this is absolutely true it's okay anybody with a phone yeah today can make a video whether they know what they're doing or not is immaterial and and we we are just doing a process the same way it's been done for 100 or 150 years here on Cape Ann. And it's it's indigenous to this one spot. Uh, right. And and, you know, when we you, you know, we 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 kind of laugh one of the videos that we just put it out there. We we were splitting a piece and, and a really nice piece of Rockport granite. We've said it many times is going to split exactly where it's going to split as long as you work within certain parameters and do the correct work that needs to be done before you split it and we get into this argument that there's people out there saying oh you have to drive the wedges in very very slowly let you the have stone to breathe. let the stone breathe you have Ooh, to listen for it to split mm-hmm. and and we go back to these people and we say you do realize that they guillotine stone they put it in a oh, guillotine. Yeah. The split is instantaneous. Mm. It sounds like a gunshot. It doesn't breathe. Guess what? <laughs> it split exactly where right. it was going to split. Yeah, well, you know. You know, the commercial quarry days, there were no such thing. Everyone was being paid by the right. piece. So, you know, right. that uh, was the difference between eating or not was how much you got done. How much there you got no, done? They would laugh at you if you told them to. Uh, you one know, of they had one to of, let it rest. One yeah. of the old stories was that Kyle Pearson who eventually married the original Lennon Johnson's daughter had to, had to, how do I want to say this? Cut a certain amount he of had to cut blocks. a certain amount of paving stones in the course of a day to impress Lennon Johnson enough that he would let him marry <laughs> his daughter. daughter's hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, just think what you would have to do to get married again now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Well, right. I've, but, I've uh, certainly learned a lot from watching your videos. I wish Instagram was around 15 years ago. I, I was, think, oh, I, know. I was thinking a lot about, and, and I totally appreciate the knowledge that you guys put out there. Um, mm. and obviously your audience does as well. I've seen a lot of the content, a lot of the, the, the messaging yep. back and yep. forth in your posts. Yep. Um, 
and Terry, they treat you like you're a legend, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. That man, that guy's a legend. It's true. It's yep. it is awesome. Um, but it's and funny. It, they realize how old I am, and insulting me just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've seen it. You've seen his shirts. I was gonna say you have your T-shirt. You're old enough to be legend status, man. We we appreciate, and it's you know it's one of the things I've seen in in your guys' account. We love that Instagram and really the internet as a whole appreciates authenticity yeah. in this time yeah where they got so many people who are trying to be so much larger than life or trying to be some great big character or showman um that just the fact that we're like basically honestly enthusiastic about what we do what we get to do every day um people have been really good to us on that and you know it's like early on i realized like once we got over i think we <laughs> we had done our first demonstration at halibut point and we had crazy jitters. Like dad and I were, you know, we're shaking, trying. This is like a crowd of all of about 20 people. And it got easier after that. And then we started doing the videos on Instagram. And very quickly, I realized that it was really good to just get the camera on dad and just let him go. Yeah. And uh, it's been incredibly rewarding. And it's been fun watching people's reactions to it because he's not trying to be anything that he isn't. That's, and people seem to appreciate that about for sure. him, us, and the brand as a whole. The the sad part from what Kyle and I do, okay, people love a video where there's actually some kind of action, where yep. we mm. split the stone and it falls apart. I think they want to see us try to jump out of the way of one yeah. of the pieces. I'm really not <laughs> sure. Yep. But the the sad part, if if I were to take the videos that we did are just some of the still pictures of the material that we actually cut and brought them to another quarry operator. He wouldn't even be interested in the videos. He'd be looking at the pictures of individual pieces, which we basically get, yeah, maybe we get 60 or 70 likes because there's mm. no action to it. But somebody that works with stone like we do mm. is going to look at that piece and go, Wow, that yeah. is impressive. Yeah. The the bit anybody can do the video and make the stone fall apart, but when you have these really, we, we've got two pieces up there right now that I I think uh, I don't know if Kyle's he's got a picture, picture of one turning it over. over. They're both three feet by ten feet by a foot thick, and they're just as flat as the floor that oh. you're standing on. It's incredible pieces, and another quarry operator would go holy crap, where did you get those out mm. of the quarry, okay? But yet, because we're not showing the piece falling over or something, you, you, you know, people like action, I guess. That's all I can yeah. say. But there's you something know? about that stone cleaving apart. We did... Um, I know. We, yeah, I know. It is It is magical it, it is. still it is. to this day. Um, and I've seen a fraction of it that you guys have. Right. Uh, we were doing a Boston flower show garden a few years ago, and we decided to make it a... Um, Demo. Demo a demo garden. So we built yep. 80% of it, and then we did some Goshen Stone um, flat work. We had the people from Judd's Goshen Stone come in, mm -hmm. and um, I did some pieces yep. with his son, and we just showed people how to trim it, which probably wasn't a great idea because, you know, stones popping off and flecking all around. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, whatever. You only live once. And um, we had some <laughs> granite pieces, just some curbing that we brought in, and I, I drilled a few pieces with a small hammer drill as people yeah. were walking through, and it really fascinated people. Yep. And then oh, I had yeah. people yep. hit the wedges, and we had yep. a gentleman who 
was in his upper 70s at least doing it. And then we had young kids that were like probably seven, eight years old doing it. And yep. it was quite the reaction. It was very magical for these pieces, for these people to see the process and yeah. to see it open. You should have heard the crowds like, wow, just <laughs> yeah. everybody. We made a split one of our demonstrations and we got like a golf clap from everyone afterwards. <laughs> well, a very, and we thought that a very was polite funny. clap. Yeah, it was but, exactly just like you got a birdie on like, you know, a par four <laughs> or something. But, but, but hopefully, hopefully you got, you know, the, the appropriate people hitting the wedges appropriately. I had a customer, a customer come up last year and they wanted to split the piece mm -hmm. after we put the wedges in and they started hitting the wedges and they turned to me and they said, how long is this going to take? And I said, <laughs> at, the rate, at the rate you're going, about a day and a half. <laughs> you got to hit it. <laughs> but I, I, I have to take this conversation a little bit to a philosophical place because mm -hmm. I do have to say, we, it, you know, magical is the only word that comes to my mind. But to have this piece of stone that you know has taken millions of years to create. Mm. I mean, you can't even wrap your head around all the forces that have gone into creating this stone and then all the time that has gone into creating this stone and to be able to get holes in it, which before hammer drills, like that's right. mind blowing even to, yep. to have been able to do that. But then I guess just through physics, you know, the ability to have these holes and then have this wedge and, and, start hammering it and then you as a human being who's yep. totally insignificant to the history of the stone can split it and and yep. change it from what it, it originally was i mean i don't know it does it, it it's mind-boggling and All it right, is magical and, and anybody who has never split a piece of granite before you have to look at look at their videos see figure out how to do it on your own because it is just this wow it, moment it, I think that the thing that's so hard to comprehend sometimes is somebody, somebody way, way back came up with this idea. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing that blows me away. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, wedges into a piece right. of stone. How, or... how did they ever, ever come up with the idea that it could be split like that? Wow. And then when you start to carry it further, they, they began to realize that granite has a grain to it. Yeah. It splits easier in one direction mm. than it splits in another direction. And and you you sit there and you say to yourself, how long did it take them before they could actually see what we call the rift, which is which is the grain to the stone? You know, how long did it take before they could actually see that? One of the questions, I, I know this may or may not mean anything to you, but we have a project right now where we're saw cutting a lot of the material for the the installation that we're going to have to do uh, this winter and next spring. And believe it or not, I've said this in many of the videos that stone splits a lot like wood. Okay, you, you can split it in a way that's easy, which if you take a piece of wood, you stand it up. You split it down the length of the wood, it splits very easily. A piece of granite, if you split it with the rift or the secondary, splits very, very well. Here's the thing that I am not sure of myself, but I'm beginning to sense it because we saw cut a lot of material for this job. I actually think 
that granite saw cuts identical to wood. Now, I'm gonna hmm. I'm gonna say to you, when you saw cut a piece of wood, what are you doing when you when you're cutting a tree? You're cutting across the grain of the wood. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Say, yeah. If you try to cut with the grain, unless you use a special chain, it's brutally hard to do. It yeah. takes forever. For sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm noticing on some of my cuts that some of the cuts go quicker than other cuts. And it's because they're going across the grain. So that's almost as if you're cutting with a miter saw, a piece yep. of trim versus ripping it through the table saw. Yeah. yeah. There's more resistance yeah. for sure on the table saw. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I, I have a sense that that's what's happening. I, I would, we have a couple of quarry operators that we go back and forth with from time to time. And the next time I talk to one of them, I'm going to ask them, Nice. you know, it appears to me to be doing that, but you know, I'm old enough to have a vivid imagination. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting back to um, your statement about hopefully the people were, were hitting the, yes. um, the yep. wedges the right way at that show. They probably weren't because you weren't around then and I didn't get to watch all your videos. So now that I look right. back on it, guys, I was using a little three pound hammer and I am so fortunate. Not bad. But yeah, but it's, they're it's little tough on the elbow after a while. But their hands were so that's what I was worried about in that moment. Their hands were so oh, yeah. close that if they didn't right. strike it or if it slipped off of it, right. the knuckles would end up in right. the in right. the way. Yeah. Uh, you catch a yeah, you catch a knuckle on a wedge, that always feels pretty good. Yeah. You know, as I've said on many of the videos, we use a six to an eight pound hammer, which means a couple things. You need to be more accurate because they beat the heck out of the wedges. Mm. You oh, know, wow. if you You're if you don't hit it correctly, you know. And it, it, it takes, it takes getting used to it. You, we see people, they try to pick, you know, the, the pick, big wind you know, or that wind you only, wind. You, know. It, you know, it's just a very short motion, but this is where the misinformation sometimes comes in. There was another book that was written about Rockport granite. And in it, the author said that the old stone cutters would drill, you know, six inch deep holes. Don't ask me why, because the wedges are only three and a half inches deep. You don't need to okay. drill a six inch deep hole. And he said, then they would put the wedges in and then they would smartly hit the wedges with a 16 pound maul. It would break most of the wedges. It's <laughs> too much. Okay. You know, well, if you might you, drive your right, inch and a half wedges right. in your biggest it, sets. Right. If you go back to, and, and it's really hard. Sometimes if you see some of the really old quarry pictures, mm. They're all holding up their six to eight pound hammer. Mm. None uh, of them hold up the three pound. Mean way, mm. but none of them are holding up the three pound hammer. As I've said many times, we trace with a three pound hammer, mm. or we trim. Okay. Pound hammer. We always split with a six or an eight. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I saw a piece recently, and I was very curious. It was Rockport. It was a longer yeah. piece. Yeah. yeah. It was probably eighteen inches deep. There's probably a piece of curbing, I imagine. Um. Yeah. And about every 30 inches to 36 inches, there was that six-inch drill hole. Yeah. And then in between those runs, three inches on center, which I've never really seen, were smaller drill holes that were about three inches deep. And I thought it was very you curious. Coming out of the bed, probably. Yeah. That would have been the initial split of a really big bed. And basically just throw everything into the right. lake. Where, where the, all of the holes were meant to be used for the split 
but the bigger holes would have would have been using bigger wedges to get it to move out. Okay. It's not unusual at the quarry on some of their initial splits, you might have 15 or 20, let's say three quarter inch holes. Mm -hmm. And then every two or three feet, you get an inch and a half hole. Okay. And that big hole was meant for a really big set of wedges so that they could move the piece out enough to get separation. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. That solves yeah. the mystery. That's very, very so, cool, guys. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's so sparked that, by that my imagination. the reason for that. And a lot of times you can go by um, a three-quarter inch hole. Usually the wedge was about four to four and a half inches deep. Mm. Uh, not unusual. You wow. know, the ones that we use, uh, the, the wedge is only uh, three and a half inches deep. Yeah, and you're very so, specific about that. I, I, I like that about your videos. You're very specific about your spacing. Right. Plum, drill holes. It's very clean yeah. and organized. Yep. It's very hard. I you know, we, we, you know, whenever we have somebody up there, we try to explain to them, if you trace the stone, you always drill from behind the trace line, not on the side of it, because then it doesn't matter if you drill a little bit of an angle, it's still straight down from the trace line. We all have a tendency when we try to drill from the side to have the drill come back at you just yes. a little bit okay, yeah. and it affects the split. Yeah, what you think is straight up now right. is often just a little bit further yeah. away from you. And I had a split last week or the week before that I thought I was perfectly plumb. Nope, I wasn't, you know? And when I put the wedge in, like, I'm like, that was dumb. Oh, no. That's a rookie mistake. Probably <laughs> make for a good... <laughs> Can you just ex explain just for anybody who doesn't know what the trace line is, what the importance of that and what it is? A tracer is a carbide tool, carbide chisel, if you want to call it. Um, and back then it was simply a metal chisel that they tempered. Okay. Now a trace line does two things. Number one, the effect, not what you see, but the effect of the tracer goes into the stone as much as two inches. It creates a fracture within the stone, almost two inches deep, okay? Which when you put your wedges in, makes it very easy to split hole to hole to hole in a perfectly straight line. Mm -hmm. If you don't trace, it'll still split hole to hole, but in a very irregular, motion so right. to speak and if you're trying to create really nice facing stone with nice straight edges you want to trace it the second thing is and this this is one thing that i think we see every once in a while that people lose track of when you trace a stone if you go to put the drill if you when you start to drill the stone the very tip of the bit will rest in that trace line right uh, if like you right if you okay. haven't traced the stone I see it every once in a while. You've got somebody standing on the stone with the bit between their feet so it doesn't move. I right. think I've done that. Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure that and, was me. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is, so the trace line is effective at giving you a straight split, but it also makes for a small indentation for the very wow. tip of the bit to rest in. So you, it doesn't start bouncing all over the stone. It stays right there. That makes perfect yeah. sense. And I, I would think that would be particularly important how you guys trace along the top of the stone, but yes. down the sides to get that yeah. square. Well, see, we, we have certain parameters. Okay. okay. We use what we call the rule of two. 
we can take a stone that is 12 inches high and split six inches off of it. Mm. One to two, all the time, one to two. If the stone's 20 inches high, we can split a 10 inch piece off and get a good split. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, we will have a piece that I had a couple pieces the other day that we were splitting at 14 inches. And it was only, I think it was somewhere around nine or 10 inches thick. The only way you're going to get that split to go all the way down is to trace the top and both sides. Mm. Okay. If, if you have, like I say, a one to two in the sense that it's 12 inches high and you're going to split six inches off, you don't have to worry about tracing the two ends. Mm. But if you're going to go past that parameter, we'll trace the two ends to get a good split all the way down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I have a so question. This is what I mean when I say we have to work within certain parameters mm. for you know, that for your, any split. Uh, your side trace gives you a nice sight line to, yeah, aim, to aim your drill. Yeah. You know, while ah, you're drilling in. Okay. So yeah. You're looking at that. It's easy to match that same angle of attack. But the other thing too is, and, and I know I said in one of the videos the other day, if you're going to trace the sides, if you're going to have multiple holes, which you, you're going to have when you do that, you, your holes at each end should be close enough to that side. They should probably be within about two or two and a half inches. Okay to the end so that they will work with the trace line going down. If you go back too far, right, it's going to give the stone a chance to run out before it gets to that side and trace. By run out, you mean the bottom of the, the stone side. that's resting run on the ground. Side yeah. Or another. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it looked like a triangular kind of formation. Right. You got it. That and, uh, you know, tracing the sides, it is, it can be an assistance, but it can also be dicey because if anything goes wrong, now you have an obvious indication that something went wrong. <laughs> no trace of sides, yeah. it just does what it does yeah. and it's not really a problem. Terry's yeah, like, we, Kyle did we that one. From somebody in Canada last year and they said, my God, you guys are great. You never have a bad split. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we just don't, We those films get deleted right, right away. <laughs> but you know what I love about this conversation though? It's, it's like, you know, I think you tend to think about masonry as the craft and you don't necessarily right. think right. about what it takes to create some of the stone if you're not just say using a field right. stone right. and mm -hmm. clearly yeah. there's such craftsmanship to what you guys do in such technicality i mean i certainly until having this conversation i certainly didn't realize how technical yeah. it mm -hmm. is what right. you do and that is just so very cool yes it seems like it takes a lot of discipline and patience, patience. to do what you do as mm -hmm. well as you do it well, we have days and we will have days again where we have spent the whole day and never quarried one piece of usable stone, just huh. move stuff out of the way yep. to get to a good layer or a good piece. Yep. Or, you know, sometimes a layer is just absolute junk. Yep. You, you can't do anything with it. And you can um, tell by looking at it or you start drilling you into it. Until you really get Some, into yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes you. Sometimes you'll look at it, you'll say, mm, this doesn't look good, but let's try right. one split. Yep. And, you know, if that doesn't go, it's like, yep, we were right. right. There was a piece of junk. What doesn't look good it about shiest. it? Don't ask. Mm. There's another term for you. They used to call the, the stuff that didn't split well, shiest. Yeah. Right. I, I have I no idea where that term came from. Some kind of stone or something. Yeah. But. Yeah. Sounds like it was to be said in Ireland. Yeah. This, is, this is a podcast because you can say whatever you guys want. All right. Well, all right we appreciate it. It's funny we, what we, you were just we saying about your podcast too much yet. <laughs> it's funny how you were just saying about how you can work all day and never split a good piece of stone. It just reminded oh, no, me no, of no, a funny story. Uh -oh. 
Uh-oh. Before Neil had me as a business partner, he had another business partner who was the Mason. This was the first year that Neil went out on his own. And mm-hmm. Don't work with your friends. You can work with your dad, but don't work with your friends. They were they were building a stone wall, or he was in charge of building the stone wall. I was the designer. And it had been days, I don't know. Neil came back to check on the project, and nothing had gotten done. And he, his friend Mason looked at him and said, I don't know, man. Sometimes you just set three stones a day. And he <laughs> was like, what? So honestly. <laughs> this just reminded me, oh, hey, man. Sometimes you split all day and you don't get shit. I was infuriated. <laughs> uh, and that, that's, that's how I started building stone walls. The next day I was like, screw this, man. I Not put my it. car hearts on, put my boots on. I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Square feet, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Sorry, well, that just I mean, totally reminded me of that. I know. I knew you were going I mean, there. We, we always joke, we, you know, if anybody goes to the, the Instagram site, we put other Masons work up there. Right. And at the same time, give them credit for the installation yeah. you know, of the work That's itself. Huge. While we will take credit for the stone itself. Good for you. But we always joke, we have some people that buy stone from us. They're never going to see their work on there. <laughs> yeah, that's just the way it is. Not that well, grateful for their business. They yeah. love their business, but the work is just not that good. Well, it reminds me of a conversation. So you're, you, you guys have amazing customer service because we just recently inquired about a project that we're doing mm-hmm. about your stone. Yeah. Um, and I want to tell our listeners that we did a video chat. Both yep. of you gentlemen were on the chat with me explaining the price of the stone, how much I would get, we set up the parameters of the sizes that I need, the color range, very accommodating. You do not get that anywhere, okay? Right. So I was really impressed by that, and you just reassured me, you know, that I was going to get what I needed, and you gave mm-hmm. me the knowledge that I needed to do the project. But I said something to the effect of the existing stone that's on this um, property is horrible looking. A, the stone is just, just gross. But mm-hmm. – Second of all, I could never, if I could even find that stone, I could never in my mind ever match it. I just couldn't put myself in that place. Money, and that seemed, to, worst day. Right. That seemed right. to resonate with you guys. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, well, one of our fun Genesis stories for some of it, what coincided with us supplying the bank in Rockport job was one of the few and the last uh other media jobs that dad did which was a fieldstone job right uh for a house on the back shore actually was one of our most liked photos of the year was actually not even a granite photo <laughs> come but, on really oh, i know yeah, it was it blew my mind <laughs> yeah. and what also had blown my mind even at i think i was like 16 or 17 was the complete joke that was the pallets of fieldstone in that someone had clearly taken time to put all the nicest stuff up against the wire and the whole middle of the pallet was just re- like you rejected like if cantaloupes you and volleyballs yeah i just I, you know it's one of those things i think dad mentioned it as a as a joke like a, as an aside you know we could do a better job than this and then somehow that actually ended up gaining traction and you know here we are you know 10 years later actually cutting and supplying like three, right. do- and, three and, dozen masons and because of that we always tell everybody the same thing we do not palletize and we don't pick out your stone you pick out the ones you want and if you pick out a bad stone it's your own fault right that's yeah. huge though i mean people yeah. want yeah. that oh the masons, that. Ma- and that's the, masons the thing. masons love it, love it. you yeah. know they yeah. come up and and that 
you know, some of them might need specific sizes for a particular job or specific colors to match something. It's great. It, it, you know, they can just put the pieces on they want. And the guys, you know. the guys building, if they send the guys building, there's the ones to pick the stone. They pick the more expensive stone, <laughs> which we always love. We'll just send them back with the invoice. Yeah. <laughs> we had uh, somebody come up a couple of weeks ago and they had to uh, fill in a window mm. and the window, the coursing on the window, every piece had to be a certain height. So he just picked through the pile until he found all the pieces that were the right height and put them on his truck. And once he gets to the job, he doesn't have a lot to do except put them in place. Yeah, that's you clever. Know? Yeah, that's good stuff. So you guys yeah. have then existing piles that people can come choose from. So it's not like you, they have to order a specific quantity unless they need something particular. We to their are at in parts reactionary and in right. parts ahead of the curve. Right. Um, right. Wallstone is a, an end goal, but also a byproduct of cutting bigger pieces. Anything okay. that's too small or doesn't make the grade for like in the process of cutting either posts or treads or stuff like that, it all gets chopped up into wallstone or cut into chunks that will later process. Um, so as a result, we keep two piles. You know, we usually have you know, 500 square feet or more in each pile. And it happens that it works out that it kind of goes out as it replenishes. Um, and what we'll do is we'll usually do like a small deal on our less expensive stuff from time to time to help that move. We tend to generate that probably two to one yeah. to our, yeah. our squared and rectangular yeah. stuff. We, nice. we probably at any given time would have requests on the table for some bigger stuff. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. For instance, this coming week, at some point, we have two six-foot steps that we had to cut. Um, we have a three-foot by five-foot platform piece that's going to go out. And then two of those three by ten pieces mm -hmm. are, are going out, along with, um, the, the, this. believe it or not, this is one of the toughest ones we have to fill. Uh, Kevin Vieira from Town & Country Masonry, they're doing a job in Manchester, and I think I think it's in it's in association with this it's, old house. It's, well, it's all they do all the they silver do all, brothers. They do work. all the silver brothers construction mm -hmm. for this old house. Whether or not this old house likes it, they tag yeah. them and everything. And <laughs> and they're doing a keystone arched detail over yes. a window, and we have to supply twelve pieces, all gray. They have to be all gray. They have to be a minimum of six and a half inches thick, and they have to rough out at 14 inches by 28 inches. So, wow. yeah, and as I said, solid gray, they can't be any brown at all. And then the keystone piece has to rough out at 30 by 36. Wow. And believe it or not, that's harder for us to do than some of the bigger pieces we cut because we've got to find pieces that are 100% gray and in wow. order to split pieces that big, we have to start with a piece that's about 14 inches thick sure. that would have to have gray in the middle. So unless we have a specific thickness to a certain bed, we can't really cut that. So we're going to be down in the grout pile this coming week, taking some of the bigger discarded pieces of gray right. and doing multiple splits on them to bring them down to that size. Wow. So it actually becomes a harder thing to do. Every once in a while, we get a request for all gray. And while we can get out in the grout pile and get as much gray as we want, it's still not the easiest thing to do. Mm. Oh, I can yeah. imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. 
I love that grout pile. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm looking through my list of questions, and I think we've hit almost all of them. You feel that well, way, Neil? I mean, I could well, do this for like another well, two I, hours. I know, but I had but to. all kinds of stuff we can. We I know, can, but, I know. but I had work. to say that because, well, A, I think our, our kids have been watching TV probably for long enough now <laughs> while we do this. Um, but I have a funny note on, on my list, and I don't know what it means. It just says, mm-hmm. Beastie Boys, Rage Against the Machine, and Government Mule. Government Mule. I don't probably even know. Probably all my that? music. Well, that's his what music. Is, that's his yeah. awesome, like, he's in my my. Yep phone listening to my tunes he's that's right i don't know what this guy's doing is that what keeps uh, you going like, that must be terry's uh, music so, selection right oh no that's all mine he had no <laughs> sleep till brooklyn like, on the last I post can, awesome i can name most songs that get played at like weddings proms and stuff like that i've always been a big music guy and i love crossing genres to try to be more relatable with everyone you know it's like not everyone likes all rap or this that yeah. you know i'm sure dad might hear some of the stuff i put on if you want to like i said it's his music selection right <laughs> oh yeah no, that would be like the temptations and all kinds of stuff trying to blend the music to the particular stone that he's trying to drag out yeah. you know <laughs> no we love it we, well, love we got it. some like we some can really classical style thing. music from time to time i love it yep well that's always you know it's certain dramatic. things just trying to evoke whatever emotion that i can and that actually hits on something that's been fun um in that obviously like the business uh for the longest time like dad has been the face of the business it's been dad's business long before it was our business um, one of the things I've gotten extreme joy out of is the process of creating content, um, using Instagram, um, chasing followers, however healthy or not people say that it is. Obviously, we take a lot of pride in what we do, right. and followers are a reflection of how many people are either interested in what you do or you know, how much you can try to bring your energy to the table and, and make other people like it. And using the different formats like Instagram TV, um, the smaller posts, pictures, um, and the reels now with music being back in the fold, that's definitely one of my favorite joys. Um, and it's even better that we get to do it for our own business. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things I, one of my night jobs, I ran their social media for a short time and it was really fun, but it's a lot more fun because this is definitely ours. But I think another thing that you're doing, and it's something that inspired us to start this podcast is. We feel like our industry, the green industry, which I consider you a part of because mm-hmm, we're all absolutely. one big happy mm-hmm. family, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we feel like the green industry, generally speaking, is somewhat misunderstood and certainly undervalued, mm-hmm. both for what we can offer to the environment around us, but also mm-hmm. for what we can offer as career choices. Yeah. And oh my so God. I'm I feel like with what you guys are doing, you are showing yet another avenue that the green mm-hmm. industry has to offer as a profession for professionals exactly who, who want to do this kind of work who want to do hands-on craftsmanship kind of work so yep. kudos to you guys for that because again you're showing yet one more avenue of what mm-hmm. people can do and how amazing it is yeah i gotta yeah, say to if I could, just one thing that really inspired me about what you're doing, um, you, uh, Kyle, you woke my ass up when it comes to Instagram. You had a story, and this is going back like a year or so ago, and mm-hmm. you said something, it was a funny picture of like, I don't know, some demonic creature peering out the corner, 
and it said something like, you know, people think I'm obsessed. Oh, with it was my Instagram. It was with a cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> whoever. That it was Spiegel. Okay, there you go. The kids. The, this is for the kids. So. Oh, yeah. You said, you know, people seem to think I'm, I'm obsessed with this, but what they don't realize, and I forget the percentage, you said X amount oh, like 30% of sales. of our business came in from online yeah. that year. Yeah. yeah, so that, I mean, that got me thinking like, okay, I need to embrace this technology mm-hmm. and get into this. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Um, I'm, it's I'm proof that written. it can work. And yep. I think if you're genuine, it can explode. Yep. And at times it's still a time trap. It's like one of those things that, you know, times that you like, I need to get off my phone here and not, you know, just like waste time. You know, I don't, (laughs) we always joke, he does the work and I take the pictures, but (laughs) you know, it's like that thing where sometimes you do got to put it down and get out there and and get it done. But hopefully it works out for you because it is amazing the Mm. amount that's come in from Instagram. So dad, did it take you a little while to warm up to it? Did you have to see some results or? He he was never cold or bad about it, Right, but it was definitely like anything. I think we both started having more fun with it once we started getting exposure for sure. Cool. And and then the realization came in very, very quickly that the website that we had was- That was gone. I I won't say worthless, but you know, it, it just didn't hold a candle to what we were bringing in from Instagram. Right. We'll you know? go. So I'll, you know, we'll get to work in the morning. We'll figure out if we got any direct messages. We'll sit in the truck together. He's got the Bluetooth on the truck. So we hook one of the phones up to it and that's what we'll do at coffee. We'll return all of our, you know, correspondence that we've got, whether it's on. And in most days you've got at least one somewhat serious looking request um, for some, you know, for some kind of material. Cool. You know, of course, like anything, you get some duds or some people that don't quite understand what we do um, or why. But, you know, those people have been actually pretty few and far between compared to good, solid nice. business yeah. leads from people yeah. who either didn't know that caping granite was still available or, you know. That was probably the biggest problem that we've had since we started querying again. A lot of the architects and builders and everything else for the longest time, the material wasn't really available. Right. And it's taken them a while to realize that, yeah, we can supply it if you want it. Right. You know, you know fresh pouring. Right. We've got a couple uh, huge projects talked about for next year. You know, whether they're going to happen or not, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> but I know the feelings. It's, it's interesting to see that kind of, uh, you know, possibility that was never there in the past. Good for you guys for making it happen. Yeah. So Samantha, this yeah. is also, thank you too, mm-hmm. because now I can tell you, see, they're having fun with Instagram. <laughs> it's not a chore <laughs> and we can have fun too. I need her more out there. We, she did a, a little walkthrough on a video and she got so much love and people are DM and saying, Oh, your wife's great. She needs to be on there more, but for her, it's still a task. Unfortunately, it's, it's hard I to find the time. I only have, and I know <laughs> you can't understand this, but I only have so much brain power left <laughs> in this head of mine to be able to think about that stuff. So Ky- Kyle and Terry want you to I loosen up and have some fun yeah. on Instagram. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the fact if you're used to hearing your own voice and seeing yourself on camera, you've got probably 80% of it in the bag. Because yeah. like the first time I ever heard myself narrate something, I wanted to shoot myself. <laughs> but then you get used to it, and that's just that's how you sound. Now it's like I sound the same in my head as I sound when I'm talking. That's it's actually funny. been good in that sense. The the but. biggest aggravation is, you know, we, none of us are really, really 
it's not like you're planning your whole day around what you're going to put out there on Instagram yeah. on any given day. You know, uh, I might be doing a split or Kyle might be doing something and all of a sudden one of us yeah, is like, know. hey, let's film that. That, yeah. that looks that looks nice for the day. Yeah. But inevitably, inevitably, when we try to do something with content and knowledge and everything else that goes along with it, after you're done, you're like, crap, I should have said this. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> but that, that, that's what that's makes it genuine. The, the brain freeze comes in, you yeah. know? Yeah, you know, it's funny you said that, though, because I think what we've done, well, when I'm doing the videos and stuff, I think I've stopped thinking about it on the ride to the job site. I want to do this today, mm -hmm. and I just let it roll, and something will pop up in the moment, and I'll do it, and those are always the best yeah. posts in terms yep. of content. And yeah. you know, of my best single, uh, single photo posts will be either a candid photo of him that he had no idea that I took. Nice. Um, people, again, it's all part of like that authenticity and candidness thing when they really see moments like as captured um, compared to so many of like the glitz and glamor type accounts that everything's staged, it's photographed mm -hmm. by a third into like, you know, photographer shot on a DSLR and then uploaded to a phone for some <laughs> stupid reason. Um, people, yeah. It's like some of those ones where you just take a photo on your phone and snap it, it ends up being a really, really good uh, post for the feed for sure that's taught me a lot about kind of how the process works it's really good to try for some if you got some big idea but you know it's like don't forget to just if you see something to take a photo of it keep it in your phone and and you might have a post for later on that when you otherwise might not have it's true and you and you know with with, with instagram you never know what's going to happen because back when our our feed was just like a thousand people i had been asked to audition for a big reality TV show where they flew mm -hmm. me out to LA. I was like one of 15 people and I didn't get it because they were like really good looking people there. Um, <laughs> but and far more talented than me. But yep. um, hell, one of 15 out of hundreds, right. Right. right? Because of some random piece of content I put out there and maybe yep. someone saw right. something in it. So who knows? All right. All right. Who I'm, knows? You, I'm slowly getting dragged along. So I will, <laughs> I will yep. keep trying to do my best. But let's, what? I don't know. You're giving me I a hand. I just, I have, oh, a, I, okay. I will have one more question, but go. Okay. Well, I was going to wrap it up. So, well, I got to know, and the listeners have to know, yep. what are the tools in the toolbox? All right. What are the must haves from the biggest tool okay. to the smallest tool oh, wow. and the best brands, my friends? I want to know okay. chisels and, and, and bits for hammer drills, hammer drills. In 30 oh, yeah. seconds or yep. less, I guess. Oh, 30 seconds. <laughs> no pressure. I no pressure to drill bits in 30 seconds. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll start. Right. Obviously, tracer. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, let me let me, let me just step back for a minute. Are you talking about splitting stone or doing masonry? All the all the stuff you guys use in the quarry, from the smallest <laughs> okay, to just loading the, the stone, everything. Obviously, we use tracers. Mm -hmm. Okay, three pound hammer. Okay, six or eight pound hammer. Mm -hmm. Fourteen to twenty pound hammer. Mm. Okay, big ones. Yeah. Okay, rotary hammers. We use the small bore. Bulldog hammer for our half-inch bits. Okay. We use a Makita for our five-eighths bits. Okay. We use three-quarter-inch wedges in our five-eighths hole and five-eighths wedges in our half-inch hole. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the the correct size don't doesn't give us the splitting effect that we really. And it really counts for want. wear and tear on your and metal. They wear down after a period of time. Okay. Uh, you need at least two pry bars, preferably one nice short one with a point at the end so that when you do a split with like two or three holes 
you can kind of wiggle the stone a little bit to get all your wedges out. Okay. Um, wedges and half rounds. Oh God. We, we have three or 400 sets sometimes. Yep. Wow. Um, it's not unusual to do a split with 40 or 50 holes. So you, you need 40 you must 50 lose them from time wedges. to time too, right? Yeah. They fall down yep. and yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, we run we run electric for everything, so we have two different generators up there. Yeah, uh, wow, they must be quiet because I don't hear them. Uh, <laughs> they are they are uh, those Harbor Freight Predator burners, like just you know, it's I think they're like three hundred dollars a piece. Three hundred dollars a change, piece. We don't change the oil. We don't change. The <laughs> they last forever. Really? They last forever. Okay. I can't believe it. Okay. Okay. And and they'll Starts run the first pull every time. Like, they'll run crazy. two of the small hammers or one big hammer and one small hammer at the same time. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. 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 Wow. And okay. now the bits we use, we use uh the half inch bits are what we use most of the time. We buy either Bosch or Makita bits. Okay. We like the Bosch better than the Makita because the Makita has kind of a little funny detail to the back of the, the face of the, the drill which if you don't sharpen it correctly, tends to bottom out in the hole and you, you lose your drilling effect. Okay. Uh, we buy most of those online. Mm. And uh, you know some of the people I've gone back and forth with don't believe me, but the last batch of 100 that we bought, we paid uh, $2.49 a for each one. Yeah. $2.49 for a penny. Yeah. Pennies a hole, basically. Yeah. Wow. And we get... Out of a bit, it's not unusual when the bit first goes on to get anywhere between 30 and 50 holes before we sharpen it. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably, by the time we throw a bit away, we've probably gotten 100 holes out of it. Wow. I got to stop going to Hilti and buying bits. I got to buy them in bulk, evidently. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of money. Makes good e stuff, but they ain't eBay. Cheap. We buy them on eBay. I, I, you know, I'm sorry, but it's really, really economical. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. you. Good for you. You would know better than me, man. And <laughs> the only other thing that we use, we have, uh, well, we have four cutoff saws right now. Right. Uh, we've got all Husqvarna 770s. Mm. We love them. Uh, 14 inch? Yes, yes yep. 14 inch blade. We used to run with the steels. Mm -hmm. uh, too but, heavy uh, in the back. Yeah, too heavy in the back. You had to push down too hard on the front. That, and it's so. like a three-stage ignition with yeah. like a three-stage choke. Yeah. Whereas the Husqvarna is like, you just pull the choke you on, just, fire, yeah. you know. The Husqvarna seems like it fires every time. The steel, if it doesn't start the first time and you and you flood it, you're, you're there forever waiting. Yeah. But yeah, like I say, more importantly, the, the weight of the Husqvarna, the front of it is heavy. You don't have to push down quite so hard when Interesting. you're... Interesting. And uh, one other, the one other tool, especially in the quarry environment, one of the great debate is gloves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things we always laugh about the things we get made fun of on Instagram for, uh, we've been made fun of for wearing gloves, yeah. for wearing yeah. sunblock. Um, yeah, really? 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 Oh yeah. Wow. One picture we had hard hats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, classic guy stuff on the internet, whatever yeah. prolongs your life makes you a sissy. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Screw yeah. that. Take care of yourself. You got to wear Absolutely. sunblock. <laughs> you have to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My wife gets mad because when I come home some night, she'll say your ears are fried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I always say the same thing to him a lot. Yep, yep. I, I've yep. gotten better as I've gotten older, but yeah, there were some yeah. earlier. I haven't. It. I haven't. No, no. <laughs> I so, still haven't learned. So everybody no. can find you guys uh, at on Instagram. Yep. Let me start that again here. Thing. Yep. <laughs> everybody can find you guys on Instagram at Rockport Granite. 
Any Rockport, cut Rockford. Granite. Ro- cut Rockport granite. Rockport. You'll, you'll be following the guys in Maine. I know. Guys, what I... Believe it or not, the guys in Maine are in Rockport, Maine. Well, we like we like them too, though. But yeah. But this is we not a podcast for them, gentlemen. This is for yeah. Rockport Cut Granite. There you go. Damn it. There you'll see. Go. You'll see Terry and Kyle right under right under our name. Yeah, you can't miss them. Um, Something we're also tells on me. Facebook where we've actually had a couple Facebook videos that have done even better than our wildest dreams on Instagram. Uh, we have two videos that each have two and a half million views and another oh video that's trending. No kidding. Um, yeah. It's like in the 300,000s. Um, and they're like not even close to our I best know. videos. Wow. I know. They're, you know, I know what I mean? There were like some, some videos that were just like, you know, again, you hadn't posted anything and you just decided to fill up some time yeah. with a split video. Yeah. And, yeah. And another, another source of inspiration. Thank you because we are horrible about Facebook. And we I just mean, blindly copy everything horrible. to it. Yes, you're right. That's the best I way know. to do it. I can't follow it on Facebook because I'm not on Facebook. No. Yeah. Facebook so. gets me a little depressed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I try to stay wanna, off of it. Yeah. Post your why. work to a stonework group on Facebook and see how horrible everyone yeah. is. So yeah. it's, isn't it weird, the dynamic? Like, there's definitely oh, yeah. a different Instagram, vibe. Everyone, everyone supports each yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, no one posts any work, and they just tear each other down. It's where <laughs> trolls you know? live. And, like, I think, like, YouTube is very trollish as well. It's very oh, yeah. strange. Right. Right. Yep. Very right. strange. What a world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so well, much you. for yeah, spending your Saturday evening with us. I know. We were really holding out because we want, because we are, we're neighbors in a regional sense and we want mm-hmm. to have you guys in studio. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a little nervous about four people via mm-hmm. Zoom, but I think this mm-hmm. worked really well. Um, but we couldn't wait any longer because half this time, but yeah, we're, we're dealing with, coronavirus i guess still so we couldn't uh, wait doing this virtual we really appreciate it and i know our lo- our listeners are waiting so thank you so yep. much yes thank well, you, you thank know, you if they really like us and you ever need to have us back we have no shortage of stuff to talk right. about i think we have another another podcast i know as well. I, I could see I'm like wow this is gonna go on all night I if once this <laughs> virus is over we should have you guys in and Justin Peterson in. I want to. I- he's coming up in the next couple of days too. Yeah. He's, um, one thing, real quick too, before we do go, is that has actually been the, one of the most unforeseen benefits of social media is meeting the professionals like Justin, like you guys, uh, Hector Santos from Vermont, some of the people that have come regionally. Um, Soundview from New York. Yep. Justin Cook, Soundview Gardens. Um, just been an absolute blast to meet people, have them come up to Corey, uh, see their work online and then meet them in person, meet like the people behind it. And, uh, like you said, the Instagram community is really something that I'm pretty proud of in terms of the professionals. Cause everyone really looks out for each other, trying to like build a constructive community, um, working together. And that's something that you guys can tell from YouTube and Facebook is not a universal thing. So it definitely speaks for the people like you guys and like those who we've mentioned um, for their professionalism and who they are as people. Yeah, I I, I agree, man. But um, we'll have to have a little stone round table at some point when we can all get in studio. Because Justin has been saying every month or so, he's like, you got to have these guys on. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) I'm waiting because I, but whatever. It's oh, he's a who. One of these days, if the quarry freezes, we're going to put together a hockey game. I haven't <laughs> oh, been on nice. I don't know how many years, but I maybe I'll get on the grill or something. We'll get all you guys up there and we'll have a little 
a little hockey game. We, or we always we around. always try to send him back home with some old tool that we found or something. Yeah, you know, he's he got a picture up there of a hammer that he found. Oh, he's, he's, he yeah. po- he tagged us in. in the, yeah. the I saw that, that, that big, that big yeah. burly hammer. Yeah, we, we yeah. did um, some some work this year at the Ron Burton Training Village, and he came out and he gave us all us helpers. He gave us old um you know chisels and hammerheads and he had yeah you know everybody. where he got them don't you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you well they're in good yeah. hands they're with people who are passionate about stone yeah. in the industry so that's that legacy that you guys are a part of and now it's just kind of blossoming out into the world you know you know, you know he, he sounds like one of those organizations that ask for donations and then give it gives it away in their own name <laughs> right 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 like, you know what now you're saying he's like a politician yeah. huh he's working huh. your angle and he's like spreading the i think one time i referred yeah. to him as like the hardscape mayor of instagram uh-huh. uh, before, <laughs> I, before i met him he was larger than life and you meet him in person and he's just as awesome oh, in yeah. person as yeah. he's online so, that's at Stone Sorcerer for anybody that's yeah. listening. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Episode Justin one Peter. of Landscapes and Peter Yeah, he was our first guest. Too, we should say. Yep. So. Yeah. Back when we could have people think, in. I couldn't think of a better first guest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. We'll talk Absolutely. to you again, I'm sure. Have a, have a good Sunday and enjoy your weekend. And thank you for having us. Absolutely, guys. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please be sure to follow us at Landscapes and Pancakes underscore podcast on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment where you listen to this podcast. And as always, check out our work and progress on magmadesigngroup.com and magmadesigngroup on Instagram.